episode 42, January 2015. In this episode, Brandon Mathis talks about the differences between posts and pages in Octopress and Jekyll, and also about front matter. He explains why he likes Liquid and talks about the responsive side of Octopress. talk a little bit about the differences between posts and pages in Octopress? So a uh, this is really a Jekyll question, um, and this is one of the things that uh, I always end up having to deal with. Sometimes people will post a, uh, a question or a, an issue and say, I want this to work like this. How do I do this in Octopress? And I was like, well, actually, you need to talk to the Jekyll devs because Octopress doesn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> but uh, in this case, um, Jekyll looks at anything in the source directory as a page if it has um, the YAML front matter, which is three dashes and then whatever text you want and then three dashes to close it. And so when um, if a page has that, then it processes it through its page processing system. And what that does is allows you to say, so if it's a, if it's a page, you can say inside of it layout colon and give it a name of a layout. And what it'll do is it'll take the contents of that page and it'll insert it into that layout so that you have a... Uh, so you can write your HTML headers and all that sort of thing once and then take your page and insert it into that so you don't have to, you know, it gives you the uh, separation of content and uh, you know, HTML tags and stuff like that. So that is any any page that is uh, that has that will be sucked up by Jekyll and converted. And Jekyll has a list of converters like Markdown and Textile and other things that it will, if, so if your page is .html, it'll just, spit it back out, render it as an HTML file. If it's .md or .markdown or whatever, it will take that page and it will um, convert it through the markdown converter so that all of the you know, asterisks, word asterisks, get converted to italics. And so if you, if you want to have a post, though, there's a special directory, underscore posts. And inside of that directory, you have to name your files with a different naming system, which involves the year, month, day, and then a title. And you can also put the time in there if you want to. And so uh, Jekyll will take that and it will generate and it will add it to its posts list. And then you can do things like iterate through all the posts. So you can say for post insight posts uh, and then have a loop there so you can create an index page for all your posts. You can create archive pages, all kinds of different things that are saying this is just for posts. And that's what people typically do when they uh, Octopress comes with an RSS feed that automatically generates based on what's in your posts directory. And um, so really, it, being able to treat those differently allows you to do blog-like things. And that's one of the reasons I like Jekyll is because it is a static site generator that really understands how blogs work. Octopress and Jekyll are using Liquid, right? Oh, yeah. Liquid's awesome. So that's actually one of the things that I miss when I'm doing prototyping in some other tool or uh, working other places. Liquid is a, is a, it's a brilliant system for uh, – it's actually designed by Shopify, and they maintain it pretty nicely. But it's it's a system for – taking text and being able to add little features to it. Um, and then you process it through liquid and uh, it, you can write all kinds of plugins and tags and things that allow you to transform your content into something else. And uh, liquid has some conventions that um, are, are pretty easy to develop around. So uh, I have a, let's say I have a site and I wanted to write some complex bit of HTML and output that, uh, without having to write it every time by hand, because let's say I've, you know, uh, I'm adding a feature category or something on a, on a post or a feature section. 
And so I have figured out that in order to make it look a certain way, I have to have all these wrapping divs and things just so. And all I really care about when I'm going back to write that page is the content. And so how do I make that uh, really easy for an author who doesn't want to have to, uh, you know, be very uh, attentive to their HTML. All they want to do is write the content. What I can do is I can create a liquid block tag. And what that'll do is um, I can have, like, let's say I just called it feature. So you'd write the liquid open and close feature end feature. And in between those, uh, you just put your content. And what liquid can, and you can write a little plugin for liquid, which is just a few lines of Ruby that will take that content and wrap it with the HTML that you have. And you can pass arguments to it. So if you wanted to add class names or do other things, you can basically write a tiny little plugin that is very simple to use and simple to uh, update and maintain. And it just empowers your templating in a nice way. So a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I do um, revolves for Octopress revolves around making nice liquid tags and liquid plugins. What is a YAML header and what can you do with it? So a YAML header is something introduced, I believe, by Jekyll. And when it reads the pages in, it looks for those three dashes at the top of the header and three dashes at the bottom of every page or post. And it takes that and it's in a YAML is a format uh, that is kind of like a uh, kind of like a hash where you have a key colon value. And so if you want to make some add some local variables to a page, so if you want to have a uh, a date, you can write date colon and then put your date there. And so when Jekyll reads that in. It takes that date and offers it up to your template, so you can say page.date. And the same thing work, works with posts as well. And so if you wanted to, when you're outputting a, um, when you're outputting your post in a template, you can say uh, in a time tag for HTML, you can put the uh, the date right there with, you know, your open and close mustache page dot or yeah post.date, and it'll output that from the YAML front matter. You can do all kinds of things with that too. So if you have a, if you want to do a link post like uh, daring fireball or Marco Arment uh, or Marco.org does, you can, um, you can put like external dash URL colon and then put in whatever site you're linking to. And so when, when you come through the page loop, you can say, uh, if you can use the, um, liquid, if, uh, block and say, if it has an external URL, use this template for it. If it, if it doesn't use this template. And so you can have a different style for your link posts versus your regular kind of posts. So that kind of stuff, it's just, it's a really nice way of being able to take any type of file and add a nice templating system with conditionals and little plugins and tools. They also enable you to use data that you normally would put in a database, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole system with Jekyll 2 where you can have uh, underscore data directory and you can fill it with things like that. So if you're creating a product website, and you want to say, I want to use, um, I have a bunch of data on this uh, shirt that I'm selling. You know, maybe your shirt has an ID. You can use, so you can put a, a file with that ID in the underscore data directory. And then you have all of your data in a YAML format. And so then you can say, um, you can access all of those data attributes inside of any template. And so it's really easy to generate a site that, yeah, you normally have to have a, a database for. I forget sometimes what it's like to have to work without that. So I'm like, oh, like I said, it's kind of like a little database. But it's so much easier. And anyone can edit it. When you want to make changes, you can see a diff of it. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, much simpler for people to work with, I think. And this whole section, this YAML header on top is also called front matter, right? 
Right, that's correct. So uh, the front matter is the YAML header at the top of any poster page. Um, there are all, the, Jekyll also uses YAML throughout, uh, so the, the underscore config dot YML is the YAML file where you add all of your configurations for your site. So you put your name, your site name there, you put your author name, that kind of stuff. And that becomes available in your template as site dot whatever your key is. Um, and then in the underscore data directory, you can also put things in there. You can put YAML files in there and it reads those. And those are available, I think, at data dot whatever your file name is, dot whatever your keys are. And whatever you have in your uh, front matter section overwrites your config.yaml file, right? Not exactly. Uh, because what happened, that whatever is in your front matter section is added to the page. Uh, so when you're on that page, that's the only time you can access that. So... Right, for that page, well, it doesn't overwrite because you're, you're, so you're accessing stuff in your config YAML at site dot whatever, and you, and you can access that from any page. But on the, with the page front matter or post front matter, you have to access it from that actual page or post. And it, it is, it is the, it's namespaced under the page uh, variable instead of the site. So you can access, so what you can do is you can say, let's say you wanted to set, your sites, you don't want to have, uh, you want to have comments by default, but you want to turn it off on a page. So you can set uh, on your site, you have comments equals true or whatever. Then on a page, you can say comments uh, colon false. And then when you load up that page, uh, wherever you output your uh, comments embed, you could say um, if uh, site.comments and uh, you know page.comments is not equal to false. And then Basically, it'll output that, so you can easily easily turn like you can make it override site defaults, but that's not really what it does by default. Can you talk a little bit about the responsive side of Octopress? Most of the responsive design is a simple, uh, you know, it should work in any size browser. I think the lowest I probably went was three twenty when I was designing it, but it's not limited at that. Styles are added as the thing expands, so by default, any size should work. Obviously, you run into problems where you might have content that is, you know, really useless at a small size. And that's an exercise for the author to deal with. But the whole theme responds at all kinds of different sizes. So you might have a, uh, uh, like if you have your navigation and you get really small, the navigation turns into a select. So you can, on a, on a mobile browser, very easily look through that instead of having it just going off the page and, or, you know, having the big wall of, text in front of you it hides it behind a little thing that's easy to get to so it's it's not a it's not like extremely clever responsive design you know it doesn't have a whole bunch of fancy features but uh one uh, another cool way that it responds uh the default theme with octopress 2 is let's say you have a piece and you've got your sidebar and you have a whole bunch of content that really would be nice if it was shown bigger you could actually hide the sidebar so if you're on a small screen and you want that content to expand, you can just collapse the sidebar. And that's a different kind of responsive design where it's really adapting to whatever the user wants instead of just adapting to a screen size, which is what the spirit of responsive design is really all about anyway.